Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nyberg. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 9.45 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nyberg. I've entitled the message for this morning, Willing to Do His Will. Our text is found in John chapter 7. I want to begin reading in verse 14. Now, about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. Now in bringing this message there Two questions I want to answer. The first is a question I'm asking myself and that I'm asking you. Am I willing to do His will? Now I hope you'll wait till after this message before you answer that question. I want you to hear what I'm going to say from the Word of God. Am I willing to do His will? And the second question I want to answer is a very important question. How can I know if what I'm hearing is from God or simply some man's opinion or some denominational distinctive or somebody trying to shove their religion down my throat. How can I know if what I'm hearing is from God? How can I know if what I'm hearing is the truth? You see, there are many voices. There are many preachers, all claiming to bring the word of God, yet saying things that are completely contradictory to one another and even contradictory to the scriptures. How can I know if what I'm hearing is from God? Verse 14, now about the midst of the feast, it's talking about the feast of the tabernacles. Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews, those who heard him in the temple, 
marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? They're saying, He never went to school. How does he even know how to read? Where did he go to seminary? How are we supposed to be expected to believe what he's saying? He doesn't have the proper education. How can we be expected to listen to this man? They marveled. You know, never man spake like this man. He's the greatest speaker to ever speak. And I'm sure they were astonished at what he had to say. And they thought, where did this come from? Very much like at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, the scripture says, they were astonished at his doctrine. When he ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority. Not like the scribes, not like the religious professionals. What he said recommended itself as nothing less than the very word of God. He spake as one having authority. And I'm sure these people were astonished at his teaching, at his doctrine. Where'd this come from? Where'd he go to seminary? And here's how the Lord answers. Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine, my teaching. Don't ever think of the word doctrine in a negative connotation. Don't think of it in a disparaging way. I've heard people say things like, I don't want to hear doctrine, I want to hear about Jesus. Well, everything you say with regard to him is his doctrine. Uh, old, dry, dead doctrine. The doctrine of God is never dry and it's never dead. It may be the one who speaks it doesn't understand it and is not giving the truth. It may be the one who hears it, is hearing from a dried out, dead heart. But that doesn't make the doctrine dry and dead. God said, my doctrine shall distill as the rain and drop as the rain. Oh, the doctrine of God. Christ says, my doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Now, what is the doctrine of Christ? I'm going to read a passage of scripture from 2 John I'm going to begin reading in verse 7. I want you to listen to these words. John says, For many deceivers are entered into the world. Now, did you hear that? Many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and Antichrist. Now, the doctrine of Christ is to confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. I confess this. That means I state this publicly. This is not something I keep in the background. I state this publicly. I confess to being guilty of preaching this and believing this that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. Now, in that statement, we have the whole gospel. Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. That means he was before he came. This is talking about his eternal existence. Now, if I said I came down from heaven, you would do well to think he must be crazy. 
But when the Lord says it, it's because he did come down from heaven because he is eternal God. He's the second person of the blessed Trinity. He never began to be. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was, eternally was, in the beginning with God. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is the creator of the universe. Jesus Christ is equal to God because he is God. The only way you can be equal to God is to be God. Jesus Christ is is God, the full deity of Jesus Christ. He said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. Paul said in Colossians 2, 9, in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Jesus Christ is all powerful. Jesus Christ is omniscient. He knows all things. Jesus Christ is absolutely just. Jesus Christ is absolutely sovereign. He controls everything. Jesus Christ is merciful and gracious. All that God is, Jesus Christ is. In John chapter 14, the Lord said, you believe in God, believe also in me. Now when he says believe also in me, that is sometimes translated, you believe in God, even so believe in me. You believe God is all powerful, even so believe in me. You believe God is all wise, even so believe in me. Oh, the deity of Jesus Christ. He was, eternally was. He is the great I am before he ever came in the flesh. Secondly, he came in the flesh. Jesus Christ, eternal God, the creator is no one less than God manifest in the flesh. He's a real man, bone of our bones and flesh of our flesh. He is a human being. In this one person, the Lord Jesus Christ, there are two natures, the nature of absolute deity and the nature of perfect humanity, the God-man Christ Jesus. He came in the flesh just as God said he would. In Genesis chapter 3, right after the fall, we read of the seed of woman that would come and crush the serpent's head. You know, the Old Testament says somebody's coming. It's the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. He came in the flesh, and listen to this. He did what his father sent him to do. Whatever it was he intended to do, he did. We read in the very first chapter of the New Testament, Matthew 121, thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And that's exactly what he did. He did what he came to do. When he said it is finished, his people were saved from their sins. He said in the previous chapter, in John chapter 6, verse 38, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but raise it up again at the last day. Now that is his 
doctrine. He says, my doctrine is not mine. You see, he's one with the Father. What the Father says, he says. What he says, God the Holy Spirit says. He speaks with authority. What that means is if he said it, it's so. We don't have to have an explanation in the sense that, well, who gives you the right to say that? You know, my father used to say to me, uh, do it because I said, and I didn't dare ask him, uh, well, well, what gives you the right to do that? No, I did it because he said to do it because I knew what would happen if I didn't. Now, God speaks with that authority. When he says it, it is settled. That saying, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No, God said it, that settles it. This is the doctrine of Christ. He said, my doctrine, the person and work of Christ, the God-man and what he accomplished, Jesus Christ and him crucified. My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Now let's go on reading in verse 17. He says, if any man will do his will. He shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. Now remember that initial question, am I willing to do his will? Well, the Lord tells us, if any man will do his will, he'll know the doctrine, whether it be of God. And if I do not know the doctrine, the reason is an unwillingness to do his will. If you don't know the doctrine, if I don't know the doctrine of Christ and believe it in my heart and receive it and rejoice in it and embrace it, there's a reason behind that. It's because in my heart, there is an unwillingness to do his will will. Now, before you say, well, I'm willing to do his will, and I can understand somebody saying this, but before you say that, what does it mean to do his will? Good question, isn't it? What does it mean to do his will? I want to read a passage of scripture from Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. These are the words of the Lord. And he says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. The only people who will enter heaven are the people who do his will. Not that say they do his will, but that do his will will. Well, what does it mean to do his will? Well, let's go on reading. The Lord says in verse 22, many, not just a few, this is talking about judgment day. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Note the quantity, many. Note the quality, wonderful. 
These people thought they had done God's will. We've preached in your name. We didn't preach in our own name. We had works of power that only you could have enabled us to do. We cast out devils in your name. And in your name, all the good works we've done. Now hear the words of the Lord. Verse 23. And then will I profess unto them. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now that while these people believed they'd done his will, they had not done his will. Although they thought they had all kinds of religious works that proved they did. They didn't. What is it to do his will? Well, in John chapter 6, the previous chapter from the chapter we're looking at, some people asked a very specific question. What must we do to work the works of God? That's a very specific question. We want to do his will. What must we do to work the works of God? And he gave a very specific answer. This is, John chapter 6 verse 29, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Doing his will is believing on Christ. Doing his will is what Paul did when he said, I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. With regard to the day of judgment, I am looking only to Christ. I'm not looking to my works. I'm not looking to my experience. I'm not looking to anything that has anything to do with me. When he said it is finished, here's what I'm relying on. When he said it is finished, my salvation was accomplished. I'm looking nowhere else, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else than him and him alone. Now that's what it is to do his will. It's to look to his son only. To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, if I'm unwilling to do his will and look to Christ only, I cannot know the doctrine. I won't understand it. I'm still dead in sins. But if I'm willing to do his will, I'll know the doctrine, whether it be of God. Now, are you willing to do his will? Are you willing to trust Christ? Christ only? Are you willing to do nothing and rest in what he has done? Now, if you're willing to do his will, you'll know the doctrine. Now, the Lord says in verse 17, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself, listen real carefully, he that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true. 
and no unrighteousness is in him. Now, how can I know if what I'm hearing is from God and not just some man's religious opinion and dogma? How can I know if what I'm hearing is from God? Here's the answer to that question. And so simple. Who gets the glory? Who gets the glory? Now, if I would ask you, who gets the glory in your salvation? I dare say you'd say God does. The Pharisee in the temple said the same thing. He said, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are. He thought he was giving God the glory, but he wasn't. He went down to his house condemned. But he still said, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are. Now, what determines what, whether we give God the glory in our salvation is the doctrine we believe. The doctrine of Christ. My doctrine will identify who gets the glory in my salvation. Now listen real carefully. Most people believe, and this is what they preach, that God wants everybody to be saved. That God loves everybody. That Jesus Christ paid for the sins of every man and woman to ever live. And he's made salvation possible He offers his salvation to everybody. There it is. He offers it out, but it's up to you to accept it or reject it. Now, I have no doubt that that is what is preached in probably 99% of the pulpits in central Kentucky this morning. God loves everybody. Christ died for everybody. God wants to save you, but he can't unless you, as an act of your free will, allow him to. He can't save you until you give him the okay. He can't save him until you accept him as your personal savior. You've got to accept him. He's up on the the auction block, as it were, up to your acceptance or rejection. Will you accept him? Will you make him the Lord of your life? People say things like that as if you could make him the Lord of your life. He is the Lord of your life. He's the Lord. He's not in your hands. You're in his. But yet preachers present this weak Small J Jesus, small G God that wants to do things but can't unless we let them. The message of our day is God loves everybody. Christ died for everybody. God the Holy Spirit calls everybody. He wants you to be saved, but your salvation is up to you. Now, if God loved Judas and Peter equally, he loved them both the same. We know Judas was not saved. He was a child of perdition. The Lord called him that. He's not saved. He's in hell right now as I speak. Peter, the Lord said, Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. Peter's in heaven right now beholding the face of the Son of God, perfectly saved. Now, Peter and Judas. If God loved Peter and Judas the same, What does the love of God have to do with salvation? Nothing. He loved him equally. It's what Peter did that Judas did not do. Peter's the one who gets the glory. If God willed the salvation of Peter and Judas 
And yet Peter is saved and Judas is not. It's not the will of God that causes salvation. It's Peter's will and what Judas didn't will. If Jesus Christ paid for the sins of Peter and paid for the sins of Judah and Peter is saved and Judah, Judas, Judas is in hell, who gets the glory in their salvation? It's not the blood of Christ. It's what Peter did that Judas did not do. If God the Holy Spirit is calling both of them the same and Peter saved and Judas is not, who gets the glory in salvation? Peter does. It's what he did that Judas did not do. Now, in salvation, who's getting the glory? What's the preacher saying? Now, if I'm saved, it's because God elected me before time began. And he didn't do it because he foresaw I believed. He did it simply as an act of his will because he willed to do it. If I'm saved, it's because Jesus Christ died for me. I didn't help out. He put away my sins before I was even born. My salvation is not dependent upon me accepting what he did. My salvation was accomplished when he said it is finished. He gets all the glory in my justification before God. If I'm justified, that means I stand sinless before God. Who gets the glory in that? Jesus Christ. It's his righteousness. I didn't have anything to do with it. He did it. In my regeneration when I'm born again. I have as much ability to be born again as I had the ability to be born the first time. Nobody asked me. I wasn't around. It was an act of God. And if I'm born from above, it's an act of God. In my preservation, being perse persevering all the way to the end, it's not because of my goodness or me, my efforts. No, he gets all the glory. And when I'm in heaven, listen to this. You know, so many people believe that there's going to be a judgment of believers after the, the, uh, the judgment, the general judgment. Then there's going to be a judgment of believers afterwards. And the ones who are, were more obedient and fought against sin more and, and studied more and had more self-denial, they're going to have a higher reward than the people who didn't do as much. Now, here's me up, up in this mansion. You're down here in this little shack. Who's going to get glory? Well, I'll get the glory for being more obedient, more holy, more whatever. That's not of God. That's giving man glory. And wherever men get glory, God's truth is not there. He said, my glory, I will not share with another. Do you hear that? Now, this is how you can tell if what you're hearing is of God. Does it give God all the glory? It's of God. Does it give man any glory at all? Then it's of man. It's not the truth of God. If any glory is given to man, it is not of God. Now, if I'm willing, by the grace of God, to do His will, I'm not going to be fooled when I hear someone preach. I'm going to know the truth. I'm going to know what's of God. And here is how I'll know. If it gives any glory to man, man's free will, man's works, man's efforts, it's not of God. If it gives all the glory to God, I can know it's of the Lord. It is the Word of God. Now we have this message on CD or 
DVD. If you call the church or look it up on our website, you can get it off that. You can get a copy. This is Todd Niper praying God will be pleased to make himself known to you. That's our prayer. Amen. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen. 